Good evening and Happy New Year to you and yours. It is Friday, December 31st, and it is the last 6 p.m., 6.25 p.m. of 2021. Uh, as you can hear, my voice is still reco- uh, still recovering from yesterday's big, uh, fun, uh, just enjoyable, silly, wacky victory over Tennessee in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, it's supposed to be a neutral game. It was not a neutral game. It wasn't even close to a neutral game. It was a heavy, heavy, heavy um, Tennessee crowd. It was probably, I, I was guessing about this, the loudest crowd that Purdue played against, uh, loudest hostile crowd Purdue played against because um, I, I, that place, uh, it's brilliantly designed to funnel sound down towards the field. I was in a relatively low seat in Section 130, uh, along with a bunch of uh, Purdue diehards. It was a great area to be in, uh, just a super fun game to, to attend. But just being around that many Purdue people um, that were enjoying themselves so much was, was just a, a tremendous thing, and it brought balance back to the world. I, I put that in one of the descriptions here on YouTube that uh, this game brought balance back because, of course, uh, if you were in Nashville last time Purdue was there versus Auburn, it was a horrible experience. It was, uh, I mean, Nashville's a fun city. It wasn't that. It was that game was so bad, and Purdue got beaten so badly, and Purdue was never really in the game. In this one, it felt like it started that way as Purdue dug itself a very quick hole, couldn't stop Tennessee's offense, that that rapid strike, fast-moving blend of running and passing, but getting to the line of scrimmage so quickly uh, as Tennessee does, uh, Purdue really was not prepared for it, and a lot of teams aren't, even though they know it's coming, but at the same time, Purdue was down very, very quickly. Uh, I think Purdue was down by two scores very quickly in the first quarter. Uh, Tennessee had 21 points the first quarter. They were ahead of their own schedule. Pardon me, my voice is not great right now. They're ahead of their own schedule. Generally, they score 14 points real quickly in the first quarter, jump all over their opponent, and then that team kind of, their opponent will scratch and claw their way back in. This time, they got a bigger lead, and Purdue had more scratching and clawing to do. I wrote uh, Jay from the site uh, a quick note and said, uh, I just want to see some fight out of this team. And and uh, he, he expounded on that idea and said, I think as Purdue fans, all we really want to see is a team with a lot of fight. We can go back to the Tiller years when Tiller's teams were best. They didn't win all their games, but they fought like hell, right? They would they would n- never look like they were out of a game completely. And this team uh, did just that. And the crazy thing about the way they did it, I know you heard it if you watched the telecast. I haven't even watched the telecast yet. I haven't gone back and watched the tape yet. I look forward to doing it. I hear it's great. Um, of course, because uh, the, the ending is a happy ending. But um, just hearing the way the commentators talk about that team and how um, how depleted they were, uh, Purdue really fought like hell. And I don't know if it translates as well on TV. Uh, there were so many times where Purdue players were cramping and gassed and injured um, and they did everything they could. They fought on both sides of the ball, but they were so darn tired. There are a couple moments in the game. Jay pointed this out. If you haven't read his post-game uh, post, please go back and read it because it's good. He he digs deep into some of the problems with uh, Josh Heupel's play calling and decisions and um, Tennessee fans that are complaining about one bad call. Um don't watch enough college football. And I would go further that if you were in the stadium, you know that Tennessee's fan base clearly doesn't watch enough college football because they just simply aren't an educated bunch. They were booing 
things that didn't make any sense. For instance, if a ball skips off the ground or is trapped against the ground, it's not a catch. And you don't boo the decision when the refs actually see that and get that right. And they did. And yet they kept booing. They kept doing it. Might be a little bit of noise here. I've got some people coming to my house. But um, just wanted to uh, to talk a little bit about how much I respect the the effort by Purdue. I think it was an incredible game. I am extremely pleased with what I saw. And honestly, um, it exceeded everything I thought. So against uh, Auburn, I left the game early. Um, I, I couldn't take it anymore. Purdue was just getting hammered. I, I, I wasn't getting any enjoyment out of it. So I decided I'm done. Versus Tennessee, conversely, the game went five hours long. Very, very long college football game. One of the longest I've ever been to. And I got to stay afterwards to watch the ceremony as Purdue received the trophy and Brock Thompson received the player of the game. So I say in jest, balance is brought back to the universe because I don't generally leave games early. And this one got to stay afterwards, enjoy the afterglow of such a such a fun game and um, and celebrate like that. I've never been to a post-bowl trophy celebration like that uh, just because the uh, the bowl that I had been to, the bowls that I had been to, they had lost. And so uh, that that was great. And um, it was a fun game. I will say the Tennessee fans I interacted with before the game, like I went out in Nashville, I had a bite to eat, went to a restaurant. They were great to deal with. They weren't bad at all. But when they got into the stadium, the group think took hold. And um, they started acting like they do on Twitter, honestly. And uh, that's a shame because they're, they're a lot better in person and individually than they are in this mass when they're trying to impress each other. I don't know what the deal is, but uh, they suck. Um, and they're really tough to deal with in that setting. And it's, like I said, it's a shame. They, they were really, really good to deal with individually. And I didn't have any problem, any beef with them that way. But I was in a section 130. You can see people coming here, people coming in. I don't know if you can hear it, but um, I was in section 130 where we were riot on the edge of the Tennessee and Purdue border, and um, it was it was uh, it's quite a contrast. Number one, it was three to one Tennessee to Purdue fans, and it was it was absolutely absolutely a hostile environment for Purdue. Um, obviously, Brock Thompson is one of the guys that you have to say was a hero of the game, but. There's a couple plays that made a huge difference. Payne Durham's um, play where he spun away from three def uh, Tennessee defenders becomes an icon instantly to me. It goes right there with Rondell Moore uh, stiff-arming the Ohio State uh, cornerback and running through two others to score. Very similar play. Part of the reason it happened versus Tennessee was because those guys, I think, were just as tired as Purdue players at that point. They weren't willing to get in there, put their nose in the middle of it, and make him, uh, and knock him down. And Payne Durham just said, well, I'm not done. So he kept going, kept churning his legs. And I think 40 yards later, scores a touchdown and went through another three or four sets of Tennessee arm tackles. Uh, amazing effort. Um, another couple plays, Purdue stonewalled uh, Tennessee running backs who were very effective all day. But when Purdue needed to, they kind of dug deep and um, got gritty and did some big things. Uh, a lot of people ask the question, was that a touchdown for Tennessee in that final possession of theirs? Uh, it was not. It was not a, uh, a touchdown for two reasons. Number one, when a play is, done, is um, blown dead, it's dead. That's it. That's not reviewable. And that's why the review came back so quickly. But the better reason that wasn't a touchdown is by rule, you can't drag a player across the end zone. You can't drag a player forward. You can push them forward. But when you drag a player, it is a five-yard penalty and a loss of down. So, Tennessee fans, if you're watching this, check the rule book. Check our, um, check our uh, Twitter feed, and you'll learn the rules. You'll learn that that was not a touchdown. 
Regardless, you should not have been in that position, Tennessee fan. Your team shouldn't have been either. And if you don't know this, Purdue was down two All-Americans two more and three more starters, a total of five starters. On top of that, when Purdue players were coming up injured, cramping, and uh, Tennessee fans were booing them, of course, because they're jerks, um, Purdue was extremely tired, just like Tennessee was, and Tennessee was running a much faster-paced offense. It's pretty uh, honest and uh, real for a guy to be injured when he, let's say, has tears in his knees or when a guy's playing double the downs that he usually does, which some of those players were, or or a player's playing significant role that simply never plays, and that was all over the field for Purdue, from wide receiver to defensive back to linebacker. We saw guys playing that don't play. Um, the, the most incredible showing, of course, is Coach Shepard's wide receivers really came to play in spite of being such a green group. Colin Sullivan um, had a catch. Uh, Deion Burks had a catch. He had an end around. Deion Burks is a guy that I think you can have, you can be excited about him. He is really fast. He uh, has the potential to be a bit of a water bug type of guy who could make people miss. Um, he's going to be good. He's going to mix it. He's going to be in the mix for serious playing time next year. But that wide receiver room next year is going to be incredible. Two um, transfers coming in, some very good recruits, and guys returning. Um, let's hope that uh, Milton Wright gets all of his stuff together and uh, he can return to his old form. If so, he will probably be the number one receiver option. It'll be much different than it was with David Bell because he's a bigger possession type receiver. And obviously, here, let's, let's, let's go into a little deeper analysis of AOC. Some people said, why was AOC missing so badly, especially when a play would fall apart or when he went through two or three progressions and nothing else was there and then he'd sail the ball. He had one interception that looked like, what the heck is he doing? He shouldn't have thrown the ball. Let's go there. But the second part is he had no receivers on the field at that point, I believe, because I don't even think Anthrop was playing. Anthrop got a little nicked up at times. <clears throat> but he didn't have a receiver on the field that could break off a route and go find the soft spot of a zone just because they're not experienced enough. A lot of those guys were not experienced enough. And even Brock Thompson was a lower option generally during the season, was playing a ton, and he was fighting an injury, two injuries actually. Both knees were shot, and he becomes the player of the game at the Music City Bowl, 217 yards, two, touch, uh, two touchdowns, seven receptions. Just an incredible game, an incredible effort. One of those legendary things that I think Purdue fans are going to remember for a long time. And let's hope it's not the last big game we remember from Brock Thompson. Brock Thompson has two more years of eligibility left if he chooses to stay at Purdue, which I hope he does. He's a great story, a good guy, an easy player to get behind and root for, as are most of these Boilers. What a great game. And so Purdue improves and uh, finishes the season at nine and four. I told you at the end of the season, I thought anything over seven wins was a dream. And so I've eaten crow multiple times and I will do it again. I, I was wrong and I am so happy I was wrong. This team showed a lot. They showed that they're um, ready to take the next step as a program. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think Purdue's a 10 win team next season because of the schedule and because of the quality of the team, the depth is there. Um, I have a friend that said the, the one of the things that, about this game that shows is that Purdue has developed as a program. Tennessee had most of their players there. I think they were down one player to end injury, one starter to injury when the game started, but they finished the game uh, gassed and on the worst end of things, and Purdue finishes the game strong and did it with grit and um, – Coach Brom and his coordinators and everyone deserve a tip of the cap because what they did motivating that team, getting them to the place where they were going to perform at a high level and then continue to get better during the game is really noteworthy. 
And um, I just got to tell you, that was just, it was so much fun. Very unusual game, like I said, though. It was tiring. It was exhausting as a fan. And I simply cannot imagine how those players felt at the end of the game. In fact, after they celebrated the initial win of hitting the field goal, Finnegan, I think, hit three or four field goals. He was perfect on the day. Um, but after the, they went through and they celebrated, if you watched <laughs> in the stadium, some guys were just kind of walking around just like beat. They weren't smiling at that point because after the initial celebration, you could tell they were, there were a lot of fatigued guys. And um, it was great to see them uh, come through. And this is a building block for something that comes in the future. And it shows them that if they keep fighting and they stick together, big things can happen in West Lafayette. And they will in 2022. So it, we're about five and a half hours from a new year. I wish you and your family a uh, happy new year. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, uh, AJ's, uh, Martin Vintage, and Gridiron Metalworks. Great people. They, uh, they help us out a lot, make this thing go. Uh, Purdue families, they're awesome. And um, God bless you and your family. And uh, hope, hope your year starts out great. Hope it starts out as well as it finished as a Purdue fan. Hammer down. God bless you. And we'll talk to you soon. Wait, let me, before I stop. I want to, let's see, uh, I had a question here. Aiden says, Charles to the NFL after next season. Um, and I'll address that one real quickly. Sure, why not? I mean, I think he's going to get a look because I think he's going to put up eye-popping numbers next year. Is there, is there a, will he be picked high? No. I think if he, unless we see something drastic change in his ability physically, like he works himself in a position where he can actually scramble a little bit, he probably had his best scramble uh, yesterday. I apologize for extending this, but he had his best scramble early in that game. Um, and um, and he doesn't scramble very well. He doesn't uh, lengthen plays very well. He's not that athletic. Um, but, man, he, he makes throws, and uh, he can put them in a tight window. He was a little off, a little looked like a little yippy yesterday. But, sure, why not? Uh, why wouldn't he get a look in the NFL? Because he can make throws. He, makes, he does a great job at making the anticipatory throw to a spot when a guy hasn't even come out of his break. He may be the best Purdue um, uh, quarterback we've seen do that since Breeze, honestly. Um, and the reason he does that is because I think he knows he doesn't have the strongest, fastest arm. He can't make up for it by really, really throwing a fastball there. So he just puts the ball where it needs to be before the guy's out of his break. A lot of NFL scouts like like that. Also, he's a very quick release. That's a good thing. And he has solid size. He's either 6'3 or 6'4, depending on where you look. Um, so why not? I mean, that's really, really good size uh, for an NFL quarterback. But like I said, his, he's not a quick quarterback. He, um, he struggles at a couple different things. Um, his, he doesn't have the biggest, uh, liveliest arm. So we'll see. Um, I think he'll get a look, though, after next season. And if it goes away, I think, I think he's going to average about 350 yards a game. And he's going to be in the running for a lot of postseason awards. And if he does... Purdue is going to be great, and we're going to have a very, very fun season. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. One second. Yeah, Mitch Wright says, uh, as a diehard fan, I can understand being biased, but at some point you have to be fair and admit when the call goes against your team, it's a correct call. Their fans are not capable of that. Uh, I tend to agree, Mitch, but I'm see, I, I, here's what I see, because uh, I talked to a couple level-headed Tennessee fans that I like talking to, like I said. I think those people are capable of, and I, and I, and I went on some message boards just to uh, enjoy the, the afterglow of the game. But um, there are some out there that are logical, but they just get drowned out by the people that are not logical. And on Twitter specifically, those loudmouths, they are very loud. And in person, they are just the mass is 
loudmouth fans that don't seem to know anything. It's a shame. I literally uh, sat across the aisle from one that I thought was very pleasant and uh, nice to deal with, a young kid named Sloan, uh, who was probably 10 or 11 years old. Talked to him at length before the, the field goal that Tennessee tried to make from 59 yards to put it away. And I said, how you feeling about this, Sloan? And we talked, and his dad and I talked, and pleasant exchange. Um, but uh, just the, them as a mass, man, I'm telling you, that's not, not a great group. So um, it'd be good for any, any fan base to, to take a deep breath. I don't care who we are, whether it's Purdue or Tennessee, and we all get caught up in our, in our own business. So, um, But sorry about extending that. I forgot to look at the comments. I always try to do that and answer if there's anything out there that I should answer. So, um, But I appreciate you guys tuning in live who are here. I appreciate you who are watching this on tape as well. And appreciate everyone who said hi uh, at uh, in, in, in Nashville, in the stadium, going into the stadium, in restaurants. It was great. Great seeing people, spending time with uh, your family and your friends. And I extend this, this Purdue family. I, I consider it uh, an honor to be part of the family. And uh, thank you guys for saying hi to me. Uh, God bless you. Have a great evening. And uh, celebrate, uh, celebrate the, the ringing in of 2022 with your family. Hammer down. We'll talk soon.